Hello and welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We're glad you're here. In just a moment, we're going to jump into this week's message. But before we do, I want to encourage you to connect with us online. You can follow us on Instagram or Facebook, and you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel and this very podcast. We want to stay connected. So another great way to do that is be our guest on a Sunday. I'd love to invite you to be here. If you're local, come out. We want to meet you, get to know you, worship with you. We'd really, really enjoy your company. And without further ado, let's jump into this week's message. Like, let's decorate the inside of the house and the outside of the house and then under-decorate the inside and the outside of the house all in one month. Like, let's buy something for everyone that we've ever met. Even the people that we don't like, let's get them something just because we want them to remember that we remember them. Let's invite everybody over and let's act like we like them, whether we do or we don't. You know, you know it's the time when we just think about everyone that we've encountered in our, in our entire life and we make a list of them and we ask them for their addresses and send them, send them cards. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's just they also let out kids for two weeks during this time. It's, there's, there, there's a lot. Like, let's plan every great movie that ever came out. Let's plan to watch them all during those two weeks. Like, let's bake every recipe that we can find on Pinterest during those two weeks. And let's eat, like, three years' worth of calories in, in three weeks. Like, Christmas is a great time of the year. It really is. But, but honestly, I think the expectation level is sometimes so high. And uh, just the stuff that surrounds it is so much that something simple like just going to Target becomes a chore. Some of you are like, you go to Target. You get up here and talk. Okay. <clears throat> I'm just saying like <clears throat> wherever, you, wherever you land when it comes to Jesus, like so, some people in the room, you, you are Jesus followers through and through, and you've been following him for a long time. And some of the people in the room, uh, you're here because a family member or someone that you really care about invited you. I would say whether, whether you follow Jesus or, or you're not convinced about Jesus, I think we can all agree that this time of the year specifically is just a time that creates like in these, the stresses, the anxieties, the tensions, that they all kind of come to a head during the Christmas season. And if there's anything we need in our world right now, it's peace. And the Christmas story tells us that we're going to get peace, but, but it just doesn't feel like it's often there. And I think many of us, we could, just, we could do with a lot of peace in our offices, in our workspace, if, if people could just get along. You know, like, that's the hard part of life, right? It's people. It, it, it's like, like if, it, if life was just tasks, life would be easy. But, but, but if, if we could just have peace in, in the work, or if we could just have peace in our families, or if we could just have peace with the ex, or if we could just have peace among the different people groups in our nation, or if we could just have peace in the Middle East between Israel and Palestine and in the north between Ukraine and Russia, like, or even in the south, in South America, the stuff going on. Like, if we could just have peace, it would fix everything. And it really would be nice. Like, I long for the day when there's no misunderstandings. I long for the day when your heart is heard. You hear that? Along for the day when we don't need those. 
And we love those of you that work for them. We love you. We just long for the day when you get to sit back on a recliner all day long. So today, I just want to invite you to take a deep breath. Just do that with me for a minute. Just take a deep breath, and let's just rest. And I just want you to invite the Spirit of God to bring some peace into a stressful season. The Christmas story, I think we, we, um, we often read it wrong. Um, we, we read it where silent night, right? Holy night. No, not silent. If you've had a baby, not silent. <laughs> if you've been pregnant and you know the, the discomfort of being three months pregnant and then having to make the decision to go 100 miles to go have the baby at your in-law's house by donkey, <laughs> you know that it, it wasn't the most peaceful of times. But the scripture says this in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. It says that that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby. This is the night of Jesus' birth. There are, there are shepherds. And an interesting thing to know about shepherds, and this is, this is really cool, is that Middle Eastern shepherds tend to be uh, young boys, I mean, like adolescent children, boys, and women. Not, not the men that you have in your manger scene. These, are, these are, are, tend to be women with young boys, and it says that that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Now, now preacher, why would you say that? I'd say that because you need to know that one of the very, few, very first people that God told of the entrance of Jesus was women. Christianity has always been pro-woman. Always. And um, don't buy the lie of secular society that claims that Christianity um, suppresses or holds women down. No, in fact, throughout the history, we can, we can have a whole message on that maybe one day. But throughout the history of the church, women have been promoted. But uh, it says this, that suddenly, um, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. This is, I said it last week, but anytime that you have an angelic experience in the scripture, the response is never uh, tweeting it out to your, your friends. The response is never, hey, this is really cool, or I am, I am at peace, like I am calm. Anytime there's an angelic visitation in scripture, the response is terror. I, I say that because sometimes I, I, um, I, I think that we live such calm spiritual life sometimes and we have never have anything that makes us uncomfortable and I would just wonder if that lines up with scripture if scripture might might allude to the idea that that if you were to pursue your walk with God you might encounter moments that make you uncomfortable and it says but but the angel reassured them and he said do not be afraid this is what they all say they say that. don't be afraid and he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. 
And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of, other, of others, the armies of heaven. That's an awesome image, the armies of heaven. And they were praising God, and they were saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. I love that God first encounters in the story of Jesus, that one of the first people groups he encounters are, are young shepherds in a field. People whose entire existence is not known by their name, but they're just known as the shepherds. Uh, it's like a, like, a child, like a child in a school play. I, I'm shepherd number three. They're just one among many. They're, they're known by what they do. They're not known by the influence they have. They're not known by what they own. They're not known by who they are connected with. They're known by what they, they do. And so many of us are very similar. We're known by what we do. A lot of you call me pastor. You know me by what I do. A, a, a lot of you are known as, as employee or employer, known by what you do. And, and can I just tell you that, that if you're a believer in Jesus, your job tells you maybe what you do, but who you are is so much more than what you do. Who you are is, is, is a follower of Jesus that has been bought with a price. Somebody that, that has found that they are, they are loved by the God of the universe. And, and while we do certain things, I, I preach on Sundays. And, and while we, we do certain things, you teach during the week or you, you, know, you do medical exams during the week. While we do those things, who we are is people that share the goodness of God. The promise from the angels is that there would be peace on earth to those with whom God's favor rests or with whom God is pleased. That there would be peace on earth. But, but I just think there's so much, at least for me, like, like, it just, like it just feels like there are so many distractions that constantly bombard my life. It's like distractions and exhaustion cause us to misplace our hope rather than placing our hope in the, the Savior of the world who was born in a manger, we place our hope in whether I can be effective at my job. Whether I can save enough money for retirement. Whether, whether I can calm my tongue when my emotions are high. Like, like those are the things that we begin to pour our energy into. And it seems like, like our energies and our efforts, everything we do to try to find hope, it doesn't matter by the time we get to January. Can I just tell you, Christian, can I just tell you, questioner, that the enemy of your soul doesn't need to get you to quit. All he's got to do is get you distracted. A distracted believer or a distracted searcher is just as much out of the battle as a believer who has stopped. The scripture tells us to come into the kingdom of God as a child, like, like to, to come just innocent into the kingdom of God, but we come to the kingdom of God with this search for significance that quickly changes from item to item, hoping that we can find who we are and what we're meant to be. And I'm just telling you, it's so much more simple than we make it. And it's human nature to, to build, uh, build your hopes on things that don't last, to build your hopes on that 
incredible car you just bought that somehow it's going to change your life, to build your hopes on that business that you just started. And the business is amazing, and I pray it blesses your family. But know that that business will one day not be here. Are you encouraged? I'm just saying, like, if you want peace, you're not going to find peace behind a paycheck. And paychecks are good. You need them. But you're not going to find peace when you have a certain number of, uh, a number amount in your bank account. I think so many young couples in our church believe they'll finally be settled in their marriage when, when their bank account hits a certain number. And can I just tell you that with the bigger number comes bigger stresses? Like, we, we believe that if we can just achieve a certain spot, that that will fix all the problems. If I can just grow the business from myself to five people, then I'll, I'll have peace and it'll all make sense. I'm just telling you, those five people are going to be a whirlwind. Like, like if, if, we can just, if we can just go from a single-income family to a dual-income family, it'll change everything. I'm just telling you, it just creates more stress. And I think the problem is that when we hear this message from the angel saying peace on earth to, home, to those who God's favor rest or peace to those on earth who God is pleased with, we hear the word peace and we think we know what it means. Because in English and in our cultural definition of peace, this is what peace means. Peace to us means freedom from disturbance. The absence of conflict. To us, peace means we all get along, sit in a circle, and eat hummus. Like that's peace when, when there's no conflict. That's peace when, when everybody is at ease and there, there's no difficulty and, and there's no turmoil. But, but can I just tell you that when we have that view of peace, what we're looking for is for our marriages to have no problems. We're looking to gain every contract we submit to, submit for. We're, we're looking for everyone to like us. We're looking for the world to be this perfect utopia. That's what we believe as English speakers when we say peace. We believe that the world is going to be perfect. And ultimately what we do is we place our hope in our marriages. We place our hope in our careers. We place our hope in our ministries. But can I tell you that those things are all good things, but they're never to be the source of our hope. So we find ourselves crawling, you know, into 2024. These last couple of weeks, we're, we're making, we're like army crawling across the line for 2024. And some of you are like, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm rolling. Like, I'm, I'm that's fine. However you're getting across the line. <laughs> like some, of us, some of us are just stumbling across the line, but we're getting there. Wondering how come we don't have the peace and contentment that we so desperately wanted. Like I thought if I was just really ambitious when I was younger, it would give me a sense of peace and security when I'm older. And can I just tell you that people have been looking for a long time for peace, but the Bible doesn't offer that kind of peace. When the angel says peace, it is not freedom from conflict. It's not the absence of turmoil. It's, it's a Hebrew word, shalom. Jessica mentioned it earlier. Shalom, and shalom means this. Shalom means peace, prosperity, and completeness 
to lack nothing or to have no lack. Shalom is different. It's not the absence of peace. It's completeness. It's to lack nothing. It's to have no lack. It's prosperity. And it's, it's, it's not that there is no troubles in the world, but it's that even in the middle of the troubles, I'm content because I'm not lacking anything. It's not that, that our marriage doesn't have any discourse that is uh, elevated, you know, like, you know, elevated conversation, you know, intense fellowship. It's that even in the, in the middle of that, there's completeness. We're not lacking anything. Like, like there's this, this prosperity that comes from God, not from a bank account. And, and the Hebrew people or the Jewish people use this word shalom often. It's, it's used as a word of greeting or goodbye. Like, like if you were to walk into a, a Jewish person's house, they would say shalom. If you were leaving the house, they would say shalom. It's very similar to Hawaiians and aloha, right? <clears throat> It's just kind of like this greeting that's used pretty much any time you, you want to say something nice to somebody. Say aloha, like shaka. Like that's, <clears throat> that's how shalom is used. It's when you walk into the synagogue, peace. When you walk out of the synagogue, peace. When you walk into someone's home, peace. Not that there's no conflict. Not that there's no struggle. But that through God, you can be complete, whole, and lacking nothing. Like this inner confidence that I don't need anything else. I'm complete in Him. This is why it's so unique. Because one of the Old Testament prophecies about who Jesus would be, it says that He would be called the Shar Shalom. Or the Prince. Or the Ruler of Peace. He's not just someone that provides peace but he's the governor of peace. He's the prince of peace. He's the ruler of peace. The way he leads is through peace. He controls peace. And so if you're looking today and, and, and you're, you're hoping that you can find some peace and some rest for your soul, you're in the right room. You're in the right room not because we have the right music or the right preacher, but you're in the right room because the prince of peace is here. So how do we find peace? Can, can I just tell you that the, the way we find peace is we, we, we like to chase after peace. We, we, we go after peace. We, we, we like the holiday platitudes about peace on earth and goodwill towards men, but, but the truth is so few of us actually experience that peace. And so what we do is we approach peace passively, just sort of waiting for it to find us, hoping that one day we will find the right relationship that will bring peace. Can I tell you that peace is not an emotion? Peace is not a feeling. It's a destination. It's one that, uh, uh, that results in a life of meaning that lasts beyond the whims of today's circumstances. When you found true peace, you can have peace whether you get the contract or you don't get it. When you have true peace, you can have peace whether your marriage is on top of the world or you're struggling to smile. You, when you have true peace, you can have peace when your kids are living right and you can have peace when your kids are just disappointing you. I'm just telling you, like, there's this peace that the Bible says it surpasses understanding. It's beyond the situations that should dictate what peace looks like in our lives.
all of the, the spiritual greats that I admire, the, the people that I, that I really look up to in life, from the heroes of Scripture to men and women who have set examples in my life, they're, they're all people who were not content to just wait for peace to arrive in their worlds, but they aggressively chased after it, allowing the peace of God to flood them. So the first thing is this, is how do I get peace? Well, I've had people often ask me on a, on a Sunday, I'll be up here praying or, or standing over there and they'll come find me and say, I just need peace. Would you pray I'd have peace? Can I tell you, peace is not a prayer. Peace is not a prayer. Now we can pray for peace, but peace is, in, in the Bible, it's not a prayer. Peace is a principle in the Bible. So a lot of things we want to pray for. We, we want to pray that God would do this in our lives. And God's like, I already told you how to get it. There's a principle in the scripture. If you just follow the principle, you'll find it. You'll find it. Like, like for instance, finances. Like, like what, I just need God to heal my finances. Well, well, there are scriptural principles of finances. Like, we can pray for your finances, yes. But there's principles there, too. Like, well, I just need prayer for my marriage. Yes, we will pray for your marriage. But there are principles behind relationships. And so one of the principles for peace is, is actually really simple. It's this. It's found in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. It says this, that you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all who thoughts are fixed on you. Watch this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Watch this. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. Hold on, he didn't fix it yet? No, he didn't fix it yet. But you will, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His, his peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The peace of God comes to us when we fix our minds on him. This is, this is the biblical principle of peace. If you want peace in your life, Fix your mind on the things of God. He keeps in perfect peace those whose minds are fixed on him. We fix our minds on him. So people with peace, what gives them the peace of God is not some emotional experience in a church service. It's not because the song hit just right, and as they were raising their hands, they felt their feet leave the ground a little bit. Like That's not where the peace came from, and I'm all for it. Where the peace came from is, is that people that have peace have learned to hit the same nail in their life every single day. It's just learning to be consistent with some simple practices, some simple principles that I'm just going to choose. Whether life is good or life sucks, I'm going to choose to fix my mind on him. I'm just going to choose that the internal dialogue that's going inside, in, inside my head, it will not be dictated by you. It will be dictated by what he says. Like, I'm just going to choose. I'm going to fix my minds on him. Because here's the deal. Like, every good football player knows this. Everybody that loves a good football team knows this. Once a team has momentum, there's no stopping them. Come on, all my Raiders fans. You got one, baby. Let's go. That was a good game. You got one. But you know why? You know why? Because once you get momentum, you are hard to stop. And momentum comes from a series of good endings. That's what momentum is. 
Momentum is not good intentions. It's not good ideas. Momentum is good endings. And good endings come from every single time you say, I'm going to end this conversation, but I'm not going to sit there and stew on what was said. I'm not going to stew on the fact that I missed that opportunity. I'm not going to stew that I didn't get that job. I'm not going to, not going to, I'm going to end everything with, I'm fixing my mind on Jesus. That's how we, that's how we find peace. Faithful people do faithful things. And if you want peace, we must remain faithful to fixing our minds on him. What it does is it eventually cuts a groove in the pathway of our life. Familiar pathways of how to get back to a place of peace when life is going hard. Just the familiarity of I know how to get back through this. I know how to navigate this situation because I've done it before. I can find peace in the middle of heartache. I can find peace in the middle of lack. I can find peace at in and out <laughs> Come on, somebody. One of the gals in the church was sixth in line. I'm just saying... In and out's okay. It's not amazing. All right. Okay. <laughs> in and out. You go to you go to In and Out one time on a trip. That's how it works. You go there one time. You go there two times on a trip. You got diarrhea. So you just go one time. Every time. First stop. In and out. Don't stop again, or you're gonna be rumbling. You know what I'm saying? If you work at In-N-Out, we love you. You're amazing. <laughs> I'm praying the Lord will bless you and promote you. It's... <laughs> the next thing is this. So we want peace. We find peace through setting our mind on him. We can pray about it, but, but it's actually not a prayer to get there. It's a principle that when we set our mind on God, peace comes into our life. And there's a second thing that brings peace into our life. That's this. If, if we want to find peace, we've got to seek the Holy Spirit. You've got to seek the Holy Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit is a purveyor of peace. The Holy Spirit, he, he, he brings peace into the middle of the darkest moments. Like, like don't sell yourself short with just a, a uh, uh, I came to church on Sunday. No, no, no. Pursue the Holy Spirit, and you're going to discover peace in your life. Like, like this Christmas season, it will, it will take your calendar, jumble it up, and like hand it back to you in like a pile. And if you're not careful, you're going to get sideways with people you love. If you're not, if you're not careful, you're going to get frustrated. I'm just telling you, we have to fix our minds on him, and we have to pursue the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come invade my life. And it's true. We've got to take control of what happens, not just in our mind, but we also, we, we take control of what happens in our calendar. This is why we say we need a time and place with God. Because if we don't take control of what happens in our calendar, what happens in our calendar takes control of us. What I'm saying is this, that this is true, that, that, that like whatever happens in private will dictate what happens in your public life. I'm saying what you do in private will eventually dictate what happens in public, always. This is true 
of disgraced leaders. And this is true of people of substance. This is true of people who cultivate a public life of peace. This is true of people that have been successful. And this is true of people who have failed. That what you do in private always results publicly. I'm just saying, like, I just want to be one of those people that in private, when I'm anxious, when I'm angry, when I feel misrepresented, when I, when I feel frustrated, when things aren't turning out the way I want them to turn out, rather than curse someone in private, I'm going to seek the Holy Spirit in private. Rather than, than, than lose my mind and, and just start punching the walls in private, I'm going to choose that I'm going to seek the Holy Spirit in private. Here's what it says in John chapter 14. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So watch this. God says, my, my peace I give to you. I, I don't give peace as everybody else gives it to you. Don't let your heart be troubled. I've got a source of peace for you. That's verse 27. If you want to know what the peace he's talking about is, it's in verse 26. This is what it says in verse 26. One verse earlier, the context of what he's talking about with peace, he says this, but the helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And then he goes into peace I leave with you. What is he leaving with you? The Holy Spirit. He says, peace I will leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I'm just telling you that God has an answer for the, the anxiety and the fear and the, the confusion that's in our life. And it looks like setting our hearts on him him and our minds on him and it looks like pursuing the holy spirit in our lives here's what it says in romans chapter 15 this is the apostle paul preaching he says may the god of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the holy spirit you may abound in hope what's he saying he's saying that there's this peace that god is offering us today that goes beyond any sort of cute piece on a plaque. It goes beyond some sort of sign on the side of a building that just says peace on earth. But instead it is the peace of God which can rest on our minds and it can rest inside our spirits. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. In the middle of life's biggest turmoil, in, in the biggest storms, as, as life is going crazy, you can be unmoved by the stuff around you knowing that the Holy Spirit is bringing peace on the inside. Like, like what it looks like on the outside, not so great. It might look kind of, things might, the numbers might be red on the outside, but on the inside, I've got peace. Because God is the source of all peace. A degree on the wall is not a source of peace. A car in the driveway is not a source of peace. The right job is not a source of peace. And the right spouse is not a source of peace. 
Say amen if you've been married. Peace comes from God. Peace comes from God alone. It comes when we set our minds on him and when we allow the Holy Spirit to activate in our lives. Peace doesn't come from perfection. Peace can come when everything is chaotic, but you have peace on the inside. Jesus, this season of of Christmas, the band, you guys can go ahead and get ready. This this season of, of, of Christmas... It's a season where we're recognizing how how God didn't just sit back and watch a world in chaos. But he shows up in the world and it's chaos. Jesus said this about himself, that he came to seek and to save. Let me say it like God's, God's love for you and the peace he has available for you, it's bigger than your mistakes. It's bigger than every reason you can line up for why you shouldn't get it. It's the God who is on this eternal throne in heaven who chooses by his own volition, his own will to say, I, I will reveal myself to these people as a human. I will humble myself, the scripture says, to a death, not to the death, to the death of a cross. It says that God chose to humble Himself to do all this. Not just somebody's like, how does that work? That's who Jesus is. Jesus is the very revelation of God. When you see Jesus, you're you're seeing, you're seeing God. He says, I, I don't want to leave you in your chaos. I don't want to leave you in your turmoil. I've got peace for you. I've got peace for you. This is what the scripture says. That while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let me say this. Jesus doesn't show up for good people. He shows up for people that recognize they are sinners. Preacher, I've never done anything wrong in my life. I've, I've just lived a perfect, good life. That may be the case, but you're gonna have a hard time finding Jesus. Because we find him when we recognize we need him. And Jesus, he's, he is the reason for the season. But, but remember this, like the reason Jesus shows up is to save the world. So it's his role as savior that is the reason for the season. And ultimately at the end of the day, you and I are the ones that need the saving. Don't take this for more than, I'm, than I intend. Maybe that's a hard, that's, a, that's an impossible ask. But ultimately, if the reason for Jesus showing up was to save and you were the one needing the saving, then, then you're the reason for the season. You're the reason. You're, you're the reason why somebody invited you to church today. 
It wasn't to stroke their ego. It's because God knew you would be here. God wanted to bring a peace into your life that you've been longing for and chasing after. Jesus shows up in a stable in a town that's about three kilometers south of Jerusalem called Bethlehem, under the shadow of a Roman empire. In fact, literally, he would have been under the shadow of the Herodium, a monument to the Roman empire. Shivering through cold nights, Peace might seem like a daydream to somebody, but let me just tell you, God has peace available to you. And it's not when your life all makes everything in a straight line. It's not when life is perfect. Peace will show up in your life when you say, I'm going to choose every single day to hit the nail. I'm going to set my mind on God. I'm going to set my mind on God. After that hard conversation, I'm going to set my mind on God. After that disappointing failure, I'm going to set my mind on God. And I'm going to pursue the Holy Spirit who's going to bring me peace in my life. The truth is that God's love is bigger than your mistakes. His grace is deeper than your grief. His love is stronger than your loneliness. And His hope is more powerful than any heartache. Here's what the scripture says in Isaiah chapter 9. This is the prophecy about Jesus. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince or the Ruler of Peace. His name is lifted forever. His name shakes the heavens and the earth. He is the very hope of every heart. And he is the savior of every mind. There's no conflict he cannot resolve. There's no anxiety he cannot heal. There's no depression he cannot lift. There's no pain that, and suffering that can remain when he is present. I'm telling you, he's the God that can restore all. He can restore all. And this Christmas, experiencing peace, it doesn't mean that your world is perfect. It doesn't mean that your son's out of jail. It doesn't mean that you got more money than you know what to do with it. What it means is you have found a peace outside of your circumstances. And that peace is God. So we set our minds on Him and we allow the Holy Spirit into our lives. Would you stand with me across the room? I'm going to ask the prayer team to come down. Church family, God has more for us than we are even aware of.
He's got more purpose for your life than you've even dreamed of yet. And the enemy of your soul, he doesn't have to stop you. He's just got to distract you. And he will distract you through conflict, through confusion, through frustration. I'm here to tell you today that God is the ultimate source of peace. And he offers that today through Jesus. Lord Jesus, I just ask right now for, for those that are in this room who are struggling with, with a discontented heart, who are ruined by the anxiety of all that's going on in their life. God, I pray that you'd bring peace as we set our minds on you, as we pursue the Holy Spirit in our lives, that you'd bring your peace today. We love you, Lord. You are faithful. You are good. Praise the Lord. If you're in the room today and, and you've never, um, when I talk about peace, for you, there's this big question of, do I even have peace with God? I don't know that I'm at peace with God in my life. I feel like there are things in my life that, that have kept me from him or maybe you just feel like God has never come close to you but you today what you want is peace with God you want to be restored to him maybe for you this is the very first time you've ever even thought of it this way or maybe for you it's just been a really long time if that's you and you want to be at peace with God would you you put your hand up so I can see who I'm talking to you're in a room full of people that totally get it and are for you so no shame I got any people yeah, see the hand. Yeah. Peace with God is easy. God didn't come to condemn the world. In fact, the Bible says he didn't come to, to Jesus didn't come to hold the world's sins against them. But he came to say, come back to God. So here's how we do it. We repent and we believe. Repenting means we turn away from the things in our life that we think, do, or say that don't please God. And we believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And when we do this, his blood cleanses us from all sin. He puts us in a right standing with God. Pray something like this. God, I'm sorry for the things in my life that I know don't please you. Would you forgive me? I'm turning away from them with your help today. I believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross for me. That he was buried for three days. That he rose again. So right now I'm placing all of my faith and all of my hope in Jesus Christ alone. Say these words with me. Jesus, be the Lord of my life and I will follow you every day that I live. Come on, church family. There's some people who just made the best decisions of their life. We're going to go into a time of worship. Hey, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.celebration.church the celebration.church to find out more. 
We love you guys, and let's continue to love God, love people, and change the world.